The following was originally broadcast on Northumberland 89.7 FM. For more podcasts and learn more about us, go to northumberland897.ca. And thank you for downloading this podcast. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of Reality Realty are not necessarily the views or opinions of Northumberland 89.7 FM. The information given is designed to be informative and helpful. You should always consult a professional when buying or selling your home. This past week, we've had some amazing summer, sunny, warm weather, and what a pleasant treat after experiencing an early snowfall uh, earlier on in November. It's like we've actually had a second spring in 2019, right here in November. Well, we, we have another amazing second here in November, and that is we have part two of a show we started three weeks ago and we are looking at today we are looking at century homes versus new builds versus non-century resales and we are looking at things that we should know about these homes uh, prior to engaging in uh, an offer uh, understand what's involved uh, things to be aware of that are good and bad and Joining me this morning in just a few minutes will be Carol Ann Bell-Smith. And Carol Ann, she started the show three weeks ago. And this is Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM, your local real estate forum. I'm Dale Bryant, and I'm a real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. Before we get into today's topic, let's see what's happening in the Snapshot Report for November 28, 2019. There have been 101 single-family residential sales over this past month, and that's actually down 19 sales since last week's report. It leaves us with a decreasing inventory. Uh, we were at 411 active listings for sale last week. We are at 402 residential listings for sale this week. The average selling price of successful sales over the past year remains steady at $450,000. Average residential sale price for Coburg over the past year, $476,000. In the town of Port Hope, $452,000. In the town of Brighton, $405,000. During the past year, people have received on average approximately 98% of the list price in a market time of 47 days. Northumberland County, we are still in a seller's market with an absorption rate at approximately 25% based on the past month's sales trend, meaning we have a residential home inventory that can satisfy approximately four months of sales at the rate homes have been selling. Million Dollar Listings We have an inventory of $38 million listings actively for sale right here in Northumberland County. 19 of such sales have sold over the past year, and on average, the selling price is $1,167,000, and these million-dollar properties have 
received 93% of their list price on average in a market time of 73 days. I research these Northumberland County statistics and I calculate the absorption rate using information from CoreLogic's matrix system. Matrix is the local realtor component of the MLS system. So if you're thinking of buying or selling a home, you'll want this kind of information to be more area specific than all of Northumberland County in general, uh, specific to the type of property you're looking at and the price band it's in. So what do you do? You talk to your local realtor to help you understand the market that is most relevant to you. Today's mortgage rates, five-year fixed, is as low as 2.69%, and a five-year variable is low as 2.95%, and as always, some conditions do apply when you are applying for a mortgage. Today's mortgage rates come to us from mortgage broker Carol Ann Bryant with Dominion Lending Centers Alliance. And that, folks, is a current snapshot of the residential real estate market and events in Northumberland County. Just a reminder that the views and opinions expressed here on Reality Realty or any of the articles presented do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of the station, of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors, or of any other brokerage or realtor. They're simply our views and opinions at this time. As I mentioned at the top of the show, our guest today is Carol Ann Bell-Smith, and welcome back to the show, Carol Ann. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, so do we remember what we were talking about last time? We do. Okay. We absolutely... We'll, we'll know in a moment. We, we do. <laughs> and uh, everybody we do. will know in a moment yeah. if, we, if we remember. So... Can I just take a minute yeah, to say happy Thanksgiving to all of our American friends, whether they're here or south of the border? I think they need us to pull for them yeah. at this point in the world. And um, also, it's a really good time to be thankful, all of us. And I'm very thankful that you invited me to this show. Thankful to be a part of it um, and thankful to live in a home because I think um, not everybody is as blessed as we are, and I think we have to think of um, those folk. And I know there's m big challenges in Northumberland. I just want to give a really big shout-out to the folks at Greenwood, David Sheffield, um, the councillors, you know, Aaron Burchard, Adam um, Burrow, who are working very hard on uh, some very big issues and that not all of us can afford a home. And um, if we have the means, and if you have the means out there mm -hmm. and you're looking for somewhere to do some good, because that lots of times we just don't know where to do the good. What can we do? What What is it that we can do? We see problems. We know they're there. You know what? I paid $2.05 for a tea this morning at Tim Hortons. And if somebody could come up with with, you know, $5 a month for Greenwood, uh, that's going to, that's literally going to help somebody who may be struggling with homing right now. So Yeah, great. Uh, absolutely a great message, Carol Ann. Um, I mean, it's not our Thanksgiving, but we just had one. And, and th those are things we should have been thinking about then and, and, and thinking about today and thinking about every day. Um, and, and now we're he heading into the holiday season. And, uh, you know, some of these some of these issues that people are dealing with every week, um, I think they're just magnified around this time of year. So uh, absolutely an excellent message to, uh, for everybody to be thinking about. True. So this is a, is a good segue into what we're going to do today. Uh, we, we started three weeks ago looking at Century Homes versus 
non-century resales versus new builds and, and things people should be thinking about um, prior to making a commitment to any one of them just to help you understand is is this really for you or maybe all of them are good options for you and um, and we did get into new builds and century homes and and today I thought a, a good way to approach this a, a perspective is what do we what are we looking for from our homes? How, how are our homes, um, what are the features that will help them to function best for each one of us? And each one of us have slightly different needs and preferences. So we'll go that way. And for anybody that didn't listen to the first show, we have a little experience here because you have been in, okay, we got Century Homes, resale non-century resales and new builds so what's your background of experience with this caroline pretty much every kind of house there is i've been in and had experiences around and like ownership of uh, ownership of and um all of the issues cropping up many of them never occurred to me and that's really kind of how the show got started because, mm. you know, we talked about having a new home and you're thinking, you know, one of the great things about a new home, you don't have any extra cost with repairs and things like that. And uh, not necessarily true. Yeah. Not necessarily true. N- not entirely true. I mean, you know? and when we talked about last week in some aspects, absolutely, but there is always something going on when you have a home ownership. And so you've... I think you mentioned you'd owned three century homes in yes. the past and a new build and a, as well as a large handful of non-century resales. That's true. And I have owned one century home, which which I actually forgot about originally when we first talked. It was actually my first home, but wow. I, I had forgotten it was a century home. And I've had a, I have had a more or less new build. It was built by the builder. The builder lived in it for a while and then I bought it very shortly after um, it was built um, bought it from the builder but I wouldn't have had some of the new home build experiences because if there were any kinks to be ironed out um, the builder would have done it builder was living there so I didn't I didn't necessarily get to appreciate the full um, the full spectrum of walking into a new build and being the only person and dealing with everything from the get-go. Uh, so looking at features we expect from a home. And the first thing I think of, Carol Ann, is what we want from a home. We want protection. We want protection. We want safety. We want to stay dry and warm in the winter. What do you think of these three different options and, and what each one might uh, provide stronger or, or weaker? I guess it's really the first consideration. And when you th- I think the first thing that leaps to mind is safety. And I think really affordability um, for me is, is part of that safety issue as well. Mm-hmm. You want a home that once you get into isn't going to be so overbearing as to cause you you know, difficulty with the rest of your life. I mean, life is meant to be lived. And, um, you know, more and more we're spending a greater portion of our incomes on um, home ownership. And so I think that falls into that safety care category that it's affordable. 
um, you know, and I mean, this that's those are the bones of home buying, the mm-hmm. safety and the, you know, warmth and all of those things. Yeah, and 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 we'll we'll get into the affordability a little bit more later. I'm thinking of things like when we think of warm and dry. I guess I'm my my head's going to if you're in a century home and and we're going to do some broad brushing, but there's always exceptions. It's not all always the way, but I think I think on some of these homes we can generalize a fair bit and have some accuracy but if you're looking at a century home and and warmth is important to you the you're not necessarily guaranteed that you have a super insulated non-drafty windowed sort of home no very true in fact you can get some huge surprises when you get your first bill in the middle of february and and go my goodness i had no idea the heating costs would be so high but by the same token i also had a century home a large century home that was quite reasonable to heat um, um, doing some spot heating with gas fireplaces rather than trying to heat the whole thing at once um, and i Honestly, it was one of the cheapest home per square foot that I've ever heated was a century Mm -hmm. home in that case. But it required a little bit of thought, and it's, you know, the listeners should maybe think about things in terms of what they need to do to um, address some of the issues with a century home, like Mm -hmm. draftiness and, you know, lots of rooms because they seem to be more cut up and, um, you know, areas more difficult to heat, put it that way. Yeah, and... and and so maybe either you did or, or somebody who lived in that se- century home prior to you, maybe they had spent a bit of money on insulation in walls and in attics. And there it could have been possibly a little bit better insulated as well as as you're planning on, on zone heating. Right. You know? the, actually, what I'm thinking of had no insulation, but it was oh, it triple was brick. Okay. So the yeah. triple brick offered, you know, an insulation value, but the 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 spot heating was really the key. Yeah. Was why heat places you don't use, right? Right. And yeah. then you know, as you go to those places, that's the place that you heat, and that seemed to really make a difference. Mm-hmm. And interesting, you you talk about the triple brick, which absolutely had a, an insulation value. You sometimes hear somebody say they don't make homes like they used to. And and it quite often has a bit of a suggestion that we're not making homes as well as we used to. Um, but then there's other people, maybe even like a home inspector might say, you know, when they say they don't make homes like they used to is for a reason. Because we've improved on things and, and we actually in in a number of ways make them much, much better. That That's very true. And I recall the home inspector uh, for the last century home that I had lived in. Actually, though, he said to me that the home and the, the num- you know, the ratings that he gave the home actually exceeded some of the values of n- a new home. Mm-hmm. And w- But the thing is, we couldn't really afford to build a house in the manner that it was built um, a century home with the giant beams and wide trim, it would be just cost prohibitive. Yeah, yeah. And now they've found ways to make uh, much less material. Right. Uh, just about as strong, at least uh, strong enough to to do what its purpose is intended, right? Right. 
I, I think about safety also, when you're talking about warmth and that, I think about safety also in, in the air we breathe. Right. And, I mean, what are, what are some of the thoughts that come to mind if, I, if we talk about that with these three different types of homes? Well, first off, the thing that leaps to mind is mold, which, and that mm -hmm. does for me because I, I have a severe allergy to mold. And so I literally cannot be in a house that has any or I have terrible terrible reactions and I mean the older the house the more chance that there has been water intrusion at some point and some of the basements maybe dirt basements they may not even be mm -hmm. upgraded or they may be stone basements that you know are, are never really meant to be waterproof. No it, and and so absolutely I mean and and that that can be very common in a century home and we we touch base on that on a, a sh the first show but uh, and hopefully you get zero of that from a new build, but even a uh, a non-century resale. I mean, things happen. Oh, we when we were looking for a home, you and I visited quite a few homes with mold mm -hmm. issues that were, in fact, not that old. It was um, mm -hmm. it was quite startling to me to realize that that's a problem, not just for an older home. And I guess Coburg does have a, a high water table from what I understand and so that's an issue depending on where you live what neighborhood you live in and you know whether that home happens to you know have a sump pump or not mm -hmm. or whether that was code at the time. Especially as we get closer to the lake uh, the water tables get a little higher and and it's something you really need to look for so you might think okay uh, we go with a new build for quality air but what about off-gassing? Right. I mean, you, you have a total different consideration with a new build. Absolutely. And um, things like carpet and flooring and that kind of thing. I've only recently just found a little bit about this. Um, just happened to be searching for some flooring for something myself. And they're now making um, carpet that does not off-gas at all. Mm. And I had no idea this was the yeah. case. Yeah. Well, I think they've had it for a little while. Right. And... Uh, and, and my wife, Carol Ann, uh, you know, we were talking about changing some flooring out, but she just has a tough time dealing with the off-gassing of pretty much any product, and especially when you get such a big area of a brand new product. And, and so we, we did some searches online. We haven't followed up with it yet, but uh, definitely something we're going to look at. You have to really consider these things, especially if you're going to be living in the home for many years and your sort of time exposure to some of these chemicals can be quite dramatic in terms of health consequences. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think as far as safety, being safety from somebody trying to get in and do something bad, I mean, I don't think it makes any difference. Um, you can get a good lock set on any home old, new, um, middle of the road, you, you can get security cameras, you can, you know, you can just lock your doors. Some people have good lock sets and don't actually lock their doors. They don't have good, necessarily good safety practices. So I don't really see uh, that being, um, you know, specific to e any one of these, these homes. Um, you, meant, you mentioned about zone heating. Uh, that's something to consider too. Uh, older homes, century homes, and older resales that aren't century, they quite often had those compartmentalized. Like there were, there were boxes, there were rooms 
um, and and they had doors. And uh, whereas now, we we like the open concept. We like to build right. things that the kitchen just opens into the dining room, which just opens into the living room. So, just depending on what kind of lifestyle you like. It's true and that can make a tremendous difference in terms of your footprint. Um, the new home build that we did, one wall was completely windows and the heating cost for the home was just n almost nothing, almost nothing. I think our heat, hydro, water, everything all included was $200 a month, which if I'm honest, the electric bill right now is, you know, 190 something. Mm -hmm. um, so and there's gas and there's yeah, yeah. oh, that's yeah. just hydro. That's yeah. not heat or yeah. you know, and that's hydro and water, I guess. So, but so you know, just that open concept. At first, you think, well, maybe it'll be more expensive because you've got the high ceilings to heat, but in fact, not necessarily. And uh, using that passive solar to heat whenever you can is actually quite effective. Mm-hmm. Well, Carolyn, we're going to take a small break. And folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty, Northumberland 89.7 FM's local real estate talk. Join us after this break, and we will continue to analyze the differences between century homes, non-century resales, and new builds. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And my guest this morning is Carolyn. Bell Smith and Carol Ann and I, we're talking about the differences between new builds, century homes, and non-century resales. And we're just going over. We've had both had experience with all three homes living in and um, just going over some considerations that people should be aware of. Because really and truly, if you've only ever lived in a non-century resale, that's all you really know. Even if you have friends or family that have lived in, say, a century home, you only know what they share with them, with you and from their perspective alone. So a show like this, like you said, Caroline, uh, really good uh, show to review if you're, if you're thinking of going in a direction you've never been. And sometimes going in a direction that you hadn't planned on is, works out to be the very best thing possible. I think you should keep your mind open because, I mean, if you know me well enough to know that I am absolutely um, vulnerable to the romance of the older home. Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely am. I just love them. I love everything about them, the trim and the wide doorways. And they're practical for someone who ha has mobility issues, a wide doorway. It just eliminates problems. Um, before they even start and retrofitting is always more expensive but mm -hmm. at the same time you have to be mindful that when it's an, a repair it's likely to be more involved than a newer home yes oh yeah because there's a, a big a big bucket of unknowns when you start tearing apart walls in century versus something that's more contemporary let's let's think about what we need from a home we need like the actual facility the space in a home, the amount of bedrooms, the amount of bathrooms, the amount of closet space. Um, where do you see any of these homes possibly having an advantage or disadvantage over the others? Well, if you have a big family um, or your multi-generational family or co-homing, that kind of thing, or have views to using the home to um, rent out rooms or things of that nature to make it more affordable. The older home 
is kind of perfect for that, but there seems to be more square footage. The rooms, the primary rooms anyway, are likely larger. Um, and, you know, you know, more at the table, you need a bigger dining room or di kitchen area to sit at. And so I think the older homes have the advantage. Although I read yesterday that the average, and this is in the U.S., but the average size of a home has gone up by about 300 square feet. Mm. Um, people are expanding. I think the m amount of stuff we have um, is expanded to <laughs> demand a little bit larger. Yeah, so, I mean, you mentioned the, the principal areas tend to be larger yes. in the old home, and I, I completely agree. And they, they tend to be more square right? as opposed to long and narrow because, you know, we're building homes on these narrow lots now to get more of us in there. And, uh, and so they're more useful spaces. But at the same time, you say we have stuff, I find there's usually a lot less storage in a century home. You don't have as much uh, bedroom closets and uh, and closets throughout. Even even, even a coat closet might be, you know, a quarter the size. Or not at all. Or not at I'm, all. I'm When I'm thinking back to the three homes, first row home did not have um, an entry closet. Second home did not have an entry closet. Third home did not have an entry closet. All three of them. And actually, if I'm thinking none of them... <coughs> Did had any ups any closets anywhere mm -hmm. actually, other than the odd bedroom closet, but uh, no linen closet. So that's something really yeah. to consider. So you you get more living space, but you typically get a lot less storage space. And then if you think going down in that century home into the basement, say ah oh, you could use a basement. Well, quite often the basement stairs are a challenge. They can quite often be very steep to get down there. And then if they're not is, and we talked about this before break, is the basement musty? And do you need to put your stuff up on, um, say, crates in case there is dampness on the floor so it doesn't get wet? And even if you do that, is there a musty smell? Do you really want this stuff you're storing to come back upstairs someday smelling musty and moldy? And here's something I didn't know, but I found out the hard way, is that the crates and totes that you buy to put things in and, and you think, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I'm going to put my items in a tote. It's going to seal them up. Nothing can get in. They'll all be safe. I didn't realize that every one of them has holes punched in where the underneath the handles to let air go in and out. And so if you have a musty basement, that's getting into your, that's going into your things. And that happened a, a long time ago. And it actually, funny enough, it wasn't a century home where that happened. It just happened to be a flood that um, can happen to any of us. But yeah. I always thought that they were completely sealed, but they aren't. Yeah, no, no, I, I have, I have some without those vents, but it's still not like a, a real seal on the top. So the, the right. air gets in there for sure. Um, when, when we talk about our needs, I mean, another thing, you're, you're looking at family size. Do, how much home do we need? Um, another thing with uh, century homes, you're not necessarily getting all those bathrooms that you're getting today. Right, or they tend to be quite a bit smaller, or you have to take a bedroom out to make a bathroom a little bit bigger. Or you can't be six feet tall and get under the shower head because the shower head is coming out of a, a sloped roof ceiling. Advantage to the person in the wheelchair, right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little shorter. Take, take it when you can get that. <laughs> and and um, and then, do we entertain? 
Do we have people over? Do we have space to actually entertain family or friends? And that's a big thing for me. I love family dinners. I live for them. I just think it's the greatest thing when everybody mm-hmm. gets around a table. And I'm from a family who, with a mother who's the best cook ever. You've had her butter, butter tarts, oh, you know. She's that. amazing. So amazing cook, uh, cooking and baking, yeah. So that's important for me, so to get people around the table. Now, I'm, I'm in a home with a more discreet um, square footage around the kitchen, and so uh, this past Thanksgiving, we were quite tight, but, you know, we made it work, yeah. and, and it was cozy. Yeah, part of the challenge, hopefully part of the charm, or, or at least you can turn it into part of the charm somehow. And, and I know if anybody can, you can with your optimistic uh, outlook on things. You know, the other thing I think about, just for does it facilitate our needs and 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 a lot of these are physical needs but how about does it facilitate our needs mentally like can you deal with being in um the starkness of a new build or some of the non-century resales do you need um do you need that warmth and character to inspire you, to make you feel at home from the century home, or or vice versa, does does the age of a century home maybe depress you, and you need, you know, the minimalist sort of that's uh, something to really consider, yeah. and other things. What you think you may need or want may not turn out to be exactly that. I recall in the new home build we did, it was a giant open concept room, everything. Kitchen, dining, living was all open and high ceiling, which is, you know, felt so wonderful and airy. And it was, ju- and it was, it was quite beautiful. But I'll tell you, one of the disadvantages was that everybody's in the same room. And if you happen to be wanting to engage in different activities, they're, they're competing. For example, I you know, sing and that kind of thing. And uh, my husband was trying to watch his sports and that actually often came up as a kind of competing interests. And so now that we're in a kind of, I guess our house was 1989, there's a kind of separate family area and a separate dining area. We can go to our two different rooms on the same floor, engage in activities that actually don't interfere with the other. And that was something that I honestly didn't anticipate. It never occurred to me that this wonderful open concept, you know, the thing that everybody dreams of and everybody's looking for in their new build, has some downsides in that area. Yeah, or if you have kids and, and mom and dad just want a little bit of peace and quiet or to have a talk that the kids, you know, don't need to hear. Um... That, that can be, you know, a good feature to have that compartmentalize at least one principal space. Although you did have that beautiful sunroom area. And so that's another, you know, it was a s- cedar room and it was absolutely beautiful. It was a three-season room. Mm-hmm. But it's funny how you think you're going to use something more than you end up using it. I mean, and it seemed like the place. We're going to live in this room. This is great. But it didn't really end up as as, uh, used as I thought it might be. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... that I think we've covered a number of, of, you know, the physical needs and and then even the mental needs of of, uh, what your house needs to provide location as well. Right. I mean, and, and is there really a difference in location if you're getting a century? I mean, our, most of our century homes seem to be in our downtown cores. Right. 
um, new builds. I mean, the land is taken, so new builds start to build around the uh, the perimeters of of your community, and and then the resales, non-century, they're they're just everywhere. So. And that's a really, really important consideration. And how long are you going to stay in this home? And if you're going to stay in this home a long time, and many of us, I think, who are buying homes now just because of affordability, honestly, if you can get into a home, you're going to stay there for a, for a good long while. You have to look at your, the age you buy the home, what's going to happen to you between then and the time, you know, as you age. There are advantages to being more centrally located for some of us. For me, it's ideal because I can wheel to downtown. I can wheel to shopping if I need to, but I'm still a little bit off, you know, sort of the subdivisions and that kind of thing. So that was a consideration uh, for me. And do you want to rely on a car? For -hmm. example, I don't believe the buses travel out to, say, Amherst, New Amherst area. Do you need to, you know, if you don't have access to a bus, then that's a car, you'll need to have a car. And what about your spouse? If you do different things, if you belong to, you know, if you're still working different, you're going different ways with jobs or, you know, ferrying kids to their sports or activities, that kind of thing. Something really to consider in terms of location. Yeah, and and location. When you you stay in the core, in the old part of a community, they tended to uh, sever off the land a lot larger. Right. I mean, now they're trying to get you on on a true postage stamp size lot. And so are you a person who needs that outdoor space for kids or for some other outdoor activity you do? A dog. A dog or or even um, do you need an outbuilding for something? Do you need an outbuilding to store toys, to work on equipment, um, that you have a small business that you need storage out there. And so if you're looking in a new build, you're not going to find that so much. Or a pool. And even Mm -hmm. an above ground, which is a really (coughs) good option for a smaller um, lot size, still many of the lots that you and I saw in homes that we visited over the time we were looking were were much too small even for an above ground pool mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean they they do have solutions and and if you if you go out to the Port Hope Golf Club and you see some of the new they're not new builds anymore they'd certainly be they're old enough they they're they've been resales for a long time but they're a newer home and uh very small backyards, but and then they get into the lap pools. That oh, the little and the plunge pools yeah, and things like yeah. that. So it's yeah. I mean they get solutions. It's, it certainly isn't, you know, that classic uh, family can get in and do laps or or play pool volleyball or something like that. Or even just something as simple as trees, and I that's one thing I think I've had to get a little older to be able to say I actually have to have. I have to have a tree, even just one tree, some shade. It makes a huge difference, I think, in terms of even things like heating and air conditioning. Um, The one century home that I did have, it was surrounded by massive trees, and I really credit that with how little uh, we spent on um, air conditioning because it was always, it seemed like it was 10 degrees cooler than everywhere else because of these massive trees that surrounded it. And when you get a new home build, some of the homes we saw didn't even have one tree, or if they did, it was a little, you know, weeping mulberry that mm-hmm. was, you know, f- 
four yeah. and a half feet high. A little designer tree. It wasn't a real, <laughs> well, it was a real tree, but it, it, you know, it was certainly nothing that I would sit under and read a book. So, so mm. there's something, you get a new build, and you have all those expenses, and, 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 and that'll lead us right into the finances, which you touched on earlier on, because you don't have necessarily, you may or may not have a finished basement. You don't have a fenced yard. You you won't have the kind of landscaping you're talking about now. You don't have necessarily a paved driveway. Um, when and you've owned all three. When I when we talk about finances, what what are your thoughts? Well, I per, I have come to the conclusion in my nearly fifty seven years that the unsung hero of the whole housing real estate market is that kind of um, 30, 40 year old home. And it, I honestly, it was the last one I would have put on my list. It really was. But it's where we've ended up. And I know you en- mm-hmm. ended up on the, the very same street. We're, we're not only on the same street, we got have the very same model. It's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of incredible, actually. Yeah. But you know, it looks older, so it has that charm of out looking like an old farmhouse from the outside, but it's 30 years old. The you bugs, think our homes look like old farmhouses? I kind of do. <laughs> okay. I do. <laughs> they do. They've got that kind of pointed... Um, oh, the brickwork? Brickwork. Yeah. And I think they were... Ki- I think somebody in the architectural yeah. plans thought that they I wanted to so. make them look aged, mm-hmm. even though they were brand new. But they, you know, they have these types of homes often have bigger lots. We have an incredible lot. We are so fortunate. Um, Mm. And they also, for your housing dollar, you get them for a lot less money than a new house um, and certainly than an older home, which tends also to be more expensive. And a lot of things, you know, at 30, 40 years old, many things have been redone. They've come to the point where your kitchen's been dated and they've had to upgrade or Mm -hmm. the bathrooms, that kind of thing. And any bugs have long since been worked out. And in 30 years, one would hope that you're on roof number two or three. Yeah, and and if, if they haven't, if it hasn't been updated... It's going to be obvious to the new buyer, right. and and that should be reflected in the price point. And so it's it's not necessarily going to be a surprise, especially if you do your due diligence and get a home inspection done. Um, you're going to be aware of those unknowns, and if something needs to be remedied in in a home that age, it's not the big mystery like um, doing work on a century home and taking something apart and finding out, uh oh. We didn't realize that that was in the walls, or oh, we didn't realize that the plumbing was cast iron. You know, there's a lot of oh ohs that you can run into. That's so yeah. true. Yeah, and just the sheer volume of traffic the house has seen. A 30-year-old house has maybe a couple of families that have lived in it, and uh, you know there haven't been the misadventures yet. Let's put it that way. Um, that could occur. Well, the one thing I can say about a new home build is if you get in early in that, now your new home was um, rural and and it wasn't in a subdivision, but if you are in a subdivision type scenario or even a new condo scenario and you get in there early, quite often your equity, the the value you have um, is, is so much greater even before they're finished uh, wow. the build so so if you're willing to live in a construction site for a little while because you know 
if they're still building and they're building for an, the next year or two, yeah, you're going to get dusty windows and your car is going to get dirty and it's not going to be the, the pretty scene as you look outside the, uh, seeing all that work being done. But there, there definitely is um, an opportunity there that you can uh, uh, get some quick equity. Or not if markets fall. Oh, and that's but that's the case with all homes, right? Right. If you buy today and the markets fall tomorrow, but then if you have to sell and then you have to rebuy, then what you're rebuying has hopefully taken the same uh, course as what you just sold. Well, Caroline, we're going to take us another break. We're at 22 the hour. And folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM. And join us in just a few moments. And Caroline and I, we will be talking more about the differences between those three style of homes. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is your local real estate forum, Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And our guest today is Caroline Bell-Smith. And Caroline, we've done an entire show and two-thirds on looking at the differences between century homes, uh, non-century resales and new builds. And we've bo- we both have uh, owned all three of them. Um, one of the things I, I, I think should point out about new builds is uh, a new build experience can be very different depending on finding the right builder. Oh, that's so true. That's so incredibly true. Um, y- your builder really does make all the difference. And in the case of a situation where you're, you are the contractor and you're subcontracting, mm-hmm. that also is uh, something to be considered as well. Yeah, well, if you're the subcontractor, I mean, if you're not the subcontractor, all you need to do is your homework right. on who the builder is. If you're the, if you're the contractor looking for subcontractors, you now need to do your homework on each and every trade. That you, uh, you really that you do. hire. I mean, people don't realize, you know, it seems, you know, oh, I'm fairly organized. I can just, you know, organize all my subtrades. But the role of a contractor is critically important. They have relationships and experience. Um, th- these folks are real professionals mm-hmm. or not. In the case may be, depending on situation. And and reputations, I mean, you do your homework on reputations. Um, you should do your homework on recent reputations because reputations can change too. Somebody could have a great reputation 10, 15 years ago, and uh, maybe they were dealing with more local contractors and maybe, maybe they've gotten bigger and they're just hiring out now to uh, a lowest quote. And and so their their reputations can't change. But I, I just thought that I would, you know, mention that. We we also talked about financing just before this break. Um, you know, how different homes affect finances differently. An interesting interesting thing happened to me and I I mentioned it in the previous show that I recently had done a couple um market analysis for two century homes in in one in Coburg one in Port Hope and the value of those homes uh, was they were very high and which made me look because they were both they were both two-story one was a four-bedroom I think one was a three-bedroom and and they 
when I compared it to my home, my whatever 25-year-old, 30-year-old home, um, and I, I counted the, the size of my home and the amount of bedrooms and the recent upgrades, I mean, everything about my home on paper was worth more. But in both these cases, these century homes would have fetched more money because people are paying more for the century home. Not, and it goes even further than that. One thing that I have discovered with century homes is that when the bank comes in to do an appraisal, invariably the century home scores higher. And I found that out where the bank appraisal is far more than you could ever get in the, you know, for the home <coughs> sort of financially. That shocked me. Um, and then sort of a, the sort of average sort of 30, 40, 50-year-old home, you know, it came out just about equal, maybe a little less at times, which is, mm. I found that was a shocking thing to me. And and I'm not going to speak to that one because I have, I have some, I, I have some, I have some thoughts on it, but that that's like a whole show, and I don't even know if I would ever want to do that show publicly. <laughs> but Secrets from the real estate pro. <laughs> there's a mystery here. Yeah, there's there's it's not a mystery to most realtors, but anyways. So I the what the last century home I was in the bank appraisal was about two hundred thousand dollars higher than the price that I eventually accepted. Yeah. Is that part of your mystery? <laughs> it's it's complicated, Carol Ann. <laughs> we're 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 off the air in about <laughs> how many minutes and, and let's let's have a talk about that then. Ooh. You know, uh, one of the things um we should think about is our lifestyle when we're picking these three and um do we do we do our own maintenance? Do we hire our maintenance out or do we actually go away from our home for days at a time or weeks at a time? So, I mean, if, if you're thinking about that and we're thinking about new build versus, you know, resale versus non-century resale, what are your thoughts on, on lifestyle like that? Do you think there's any consideration? That oh, it's huge. And everything's changing, and I think we're we're kind of right in the middle of a massive shift in in terms of how and why and what we buy f in terms of homes. Um, we've got this huge population of of boomers, and they're mm -hmm. aging, and so that's driving changes in terms of you know people want lower maintenance. They want to be able to if if folks are have the means to go somewhere south, you know, and leave their home for a few months, mm -hmm. or maybe those folks can't afford to buy a home on their own home. Maybe they're without a spouse now for whatever reason. And rent, rent, finding a place to rent in Coburg. Oh, that's, that's it's impossible. a trick. It's yeah. terrible. And a one-bedroom apartment is beyond the affordability of the average person. And so now we're seeing things like co-homing or multi-generational uh, purchases mm -hmm. because we have to. And that's something that used to happen quite frequently, but we're, things are changing again. I know my daughter, she co-homes co with someone. Both are professionals. They're downtown Toronto, but there's no way either one of them could afford to live independently mm -hmm. and I know someone in Coburg who has done this exact thing and been it's been quite a successful uh, situation yeah yeah and and so if you're one of those people 
Well, if if you're if you're someone who's doing the multi generational or the um, co ownership, I mean, you're looking for something. Uh, maybe with the bigger spaces like we talked about, the right. bigger principal rooms. Um, then again, uh, depending how many washrooms you need, because sometimes uh, you're a little shy on washrooms in a century, whereas, you know, they, they weren't really doing en-suites back, back then. Um, yeah, so there definitely could be some considerations to be made there. And then if you're someone who are, is away from home for weeks on end, I mean, the first thing I think about is, you know, um, a condo which can be you're not you're not getting century condos so much but you're um you're likely getting uh, a new build or uh or a non-century resale so yeah some things to think about there uh, do you have a big lawn a lot that um if you're not doing your own maintenance um or do you want to do your own your own maintenance but you just can't do a backyard like you have um, you know, and, other considerations. And, and I know that the lawn service companies in this area are absolutely um, busy and it's very, very difficult to find someone to assist. So that's a consideration as mm -hmm. well. And if you just physically can't do that anymore um, or don't want to, you come to a place where maybe you've done it your whole life and, and you, well, you want to have other interests and, and not spend your time on, on maintenance. Big thing to consider when you're buying any of these is uh, one we've talked about lifestyle and living in and how, how if it suits your needs, but you have to think about your property as an investment as well. Right. So you have to think about, um, will this be attractive to somebody else? Or are you buying something that you can look past, but the masses might not be able to look past. And uh, I guess one of the things I think about, because I've already talked about how um, a, a home that was similar to mine, but it was a century home, two of them, actually I priced them out higher than I would have priced my own home. And, and that is century homes, I mean, we're, we keep building more homes. So our percentage of century homes in the whole scope of all homes available, it keeps shrinking. And uh, it just makes me wonder if, if, as an investment, if they actually will even maintain more value. They very well might. And um, just in terms of the bones of those century homes, oftentimes they were built using old growth Douglas fir for this area. I know uh, wood, you know, materials that just literally will be there 200 years from now. And you kind of wonder... If mm -hmm. uh, the newer homes, maybe they will. Maybe they, we, our technology is such that we're building them to last that, but I don't know. I, don't I, know. I recently sold a home, and in the basement, uh, the support beam was a old um, steel railroad track. Wow. Yeah, something that was uh, relatively local, and, and, I mean, that's big. <laughs> And that's, that's going to last for a very that's long time. That's going to last for a very long time. So looking at your home as, as an investment and is somebody else going to be interested in the future? And, and like we said earlier, as an investment, if you get into a new build early enough, I mean, the, the, in the early stages of a, a new development, they tend to be, you know, the best time price-wise to get into. And so money 
can be made there. It, the other the other thing we should just mention, Carolyn, is um, you know when when we when we buy clothes and we put our clothes on for the day, you know they quite often reflect who we think we are as people. We we go out, we buy you know eyeglasses or the way we get our hair cut or or um, you know in your case maybe uh, or I won't say your case in the it, with the ladies if they color their hair. Or, or what, what color they do. You know, we have a style. We all have we a way we see each other, right. ourselves. And so that I think that applies to our homes as well. It's so true. Some people, a home is a place where you put your head on the pillow and you spend very little time and your life is about outside the home. But for many people, myself included, home is sanctuary and for people with disabilities when the weather gets bad we spend less time outside and so the interior of our homes really is um is the place where we where we are and i to me it's it's absolutely an essential item and even the lot and the trees it's it's part of a package it you know as you say it's a style i guess a style thing but home is has got to feel like home and it's got to feel like a sanctuary a place where i want to go and i feel comfortable and so that's a consideration and Mm -hmm. when we look at the different types of home a new home for example i did find that a new home was a little bit more difficult to kind of bond with and i don't know quite why because it was the way you designed Mm -hmm. it and the way you had everything that you wanted but it was all sort of one way I guess and so I found it a little harder to bond with the house than and the home that we're in now was completely done a, a different way than I would have chosen but easy to bond with because you know you, you put your paint and just moved your put your furniture and it just became something yeah and 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 maybe the home the way it is when you're looking at it, maybe it's not you yes but you gotta look at it can it become me right and it can be Become me realistically, like will I actually have the time or the resources to put in to make it become me? And uh, and uh, I know I know Carolyn and I we drove by a house um, just two days ago down by the lake. It's a new one being built. It's looking out over the water. It's modern. It's big. Um, I I I felt that that house was me. Did but that, you? But it's not realistically me. <laughs> <laughs> Carol Ann didn't think it was, uh, I, I was think, you. <laughs> I, I think she thought it was her too. Um, but, mm. but, you know. We have to make compromises. But realistically, no. <laughs> and you have to decide which, which is the deal breaker. What are the things you can't compromise on? And I think that's really important before you even start. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things we did was we made a list of the things we had to have. Yeah. Um, and th- and those were were we, what we defined as needs, and they may be first world needs, but yeah. they were needs yeah. for us. And then we defined what are were our wants, and those are the things maybe to be flexible on. But I think it's important to decide what do you need. Do you need to be near the lake in terms of a few blocks yeah. or walking distance? Not really. Or, or no. well, no. If some people where they may not necessarily need to be right on the lake, but they like to stay three or four blocks so that they can choose to walk down. I mean, look at Monk's Cove. Yeah. You know, a walk down there is... Yeah, we're we're pretty close to there. There's another need here, Caroline. We need to get off the air. Oh. (laughs) We're we're at the end of the time again. It goes so fast every time. Yeah. So, Caroline, thank you very much for joining me again. Uh, We've spent two hours now, uh, hopefully a, a good, insightful look at comparing those three 
style of homes and um, maybe something that can help people if they're thinking of venturing into one of those styles they've never been in before. But thank you for all your insight. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show. And if anybody is in need of a realtor, uh, Dale Bryant uh, treated me with absolute respect and we put him through his paces. No one could have ever done more for us and seen more houses to bring us to where we are now, which is now home, not just house. Thank thank you very much, Carol Ann. And folks, if you have any questions or comments about today's show or for any real estate questions, feel free to contact me by emailing dale at dalebryant.ca. I'm an active real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. And don't forget to join me next Thursday morning from 11 a.m. until 12 noon for Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM, truly local radio. And Caroline, I'm going to have, with that the kind of marketing advertising you do for me, I'm going to have to have you in like every second weekend. Folks, until next week.